Hi, this is Jason Wang, the pastor of Ignite at River of Life Christian Church. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast today. It's my hope that this message that you are about to listen to will be a great blessing to your life. Enjoy and God bless. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? Are you okay during the shelter at home? I know it's not easy, uh, but thank God. God has kept us safe so far. Amen. At this time, I would like to thank uh, many brothers and sisters, both uh, from English congregation and from Ignite congregation, for your volunteer yourself in our foundation ministry to help the needy people. You are our hero. Give yourself a big hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's read a passage in Psalm 85, verse 6. Psalm 85, verse 6, it says, Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? April 1906 is a very important month in the United States. Because in the early morning of April 18. There's an earthquake of degree of 7.8 happened in San Francisco. And people describe at that time the earth just like crack like an eggshell. Buildings are shaking, gas, light, gas pipelines are leaking, then continue many days a big fire burning. About 30,000 buildings have been burned down. And people are frightened. Even many people, they thought the end is here. Even the newspaper described at that time, just like the angel of God's judgment was still about the city of San Francisco. People are frightened and without hope. But at the same time, God's hand moved in a wonderful ways. God has answered the prayer and longing of his people and send down his revival on Azusa Street in Los Angeles. That revival has lasted for three years. And out of that revival came the Pentecostal Renewal Movement. And that revival had brought hope to God's people. Because even though there's disaster everywhere, but God still showed his mercy to his people. God still answered prayer. Why I'm saying this? Because many times as I look at our current situation, as we are facing the pandemic situation right now, people are frightened also, isn't it? Until now, we still don't know where this thing will end. And many times as I compare the situation of 1906 and now, my heart begins to wonder would this be another opportunity God gave it to us? Could it be God can bring down his revival to his people again? Just like the Psalm 85, the psalmer cry out to God, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? In other words, he's saying, God, are you the God who saved us in the past? Are you the God who sent down revival in the past? Lord, send down your revival again. You know, every time I read this passage, my heart was so moved. 
Because it is exactly my desire. This is exactly what this world needs. We need God's revival. Martin Lloyd-Jones, he's a very famous theologian. In his book, Revival, he mentioned two reasons that we need to cry out for revival. Number one, so that the people of God can know that our God is supernatural and extraordinary. Secondly, so that the world may know that our God has mighty power. Indeed, if you look at our situation right now, we need to confess that today the world really needs God's revival. We need to cry out for God's revival to come. Amen? But what is revival? First of all, revival is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Revival is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, you don't understand. Revival is the work of the Holy Spirit. We can desire, we can longing for revival, but only the Holy Spirit can send down the revival to us. But when I say revival is the work of the Holy Spirit, I'm not talking about the indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit means when you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, God sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in you. And the scripture said, the Holy Spirit in us is just like a seal God put in our life. What, what is the function of the seal? It's like a stamp, isn't it? You know, just like, you know, every time I bought a new book, I always put a big stamp on my book. It says, this is Pastor Tong's books. Why do I do that? Because many people borrow books from me, but they never return, you know. <laughs> so I wonder, every time they open the book, oh, this is Pastor Tong's book, I better return to him. When I put a big stamp on the book, it means this book belongs to me. The same way, when God put the Holy Spirit inside of us, it means that we belong to God. John 14, 16, you know, it says the Holy Spirit dwells in us. He will never leave us. In other words, not only we belong to God, because the Holy Spirit never leaves us, it means we belong to God forever. Hallelujah. But being a Christian, you need to get hold of this truth. Because otherwise, the, the Satan always tries to deceive you. Satan always trying to deceive you, make you doubtful about your salvation. Make you doubtful that you don't know whether you belong to God or not. Maybe in the past I belonged, but now I'm not too sure. Many times the Satan not only deceiving you, he's trying to accuse you also. Look at you. How can you call yourself Christian? Look at you. You know, many times, you don't need to wait until the Satan to accuse you. Many times, your family member, your spouse is accusing you already. Look at you. How can you call yourself Christian? But the fact is, brother and sister, as long as you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, 
The Holy Spirit will dwell in you forever. You belong to God. You belong to God forever. Hallelujah. But this is not the revival I'm talking about. The revival I'm talking about also is not the filling ministry of the Holy Spirit. To be filled by the Holy Spirit is experience that every Christian should have. That's why Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, Paul said, do not get drunk, but be filled by the Holy Spirit. It is a command to be filled by the Holy Spirit. In other words, it's not just something nice to have. It's something you must have. It's an experience that every believer should have. So how can we be filled by the Holy Spirit? You know, to be filled by the Holy Spirit, you know, it's, uh, many times we have a misconception in the past. We thought that, okay, uh, we were just like a cup, half filled, okay? Then we need to be filled by the Holy Spirit until it's fully filled. No, 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 totally wrong. When the Holy Spirit indwells in you, let me tell you, it's fully indwelled. The Holy Spirit is fully in us. It's not half inside or half outside. No, 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 no. When we receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit fully indwells inside of us. But many times, we put the Holy Spirit into a corner of our life. We never bother to ask his opinion. We never bother to seek his guidance. We always do things in our own way. We never bother to see how he feels or what he wants to do. To be filled by the Holy Spirit means we invite the Holy Spirit back to take control of our life. Everything we do, we bring before him. Ask for his guidance, ask for his opinions, and we listen and we obey, then we'll experience the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, many times when we talk about the feeling of the Holy Spirit, uh, we always think about the phenomenon, isn't it? We talk about, oh, the falling or speaking in tongue or shaking. A brother says, all those things are very good. It's good. But most important thing is, to be filled by the Holy Spirit is to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and obey the guidance of the Holy Spirit. When you listen and obey, you surely will experience the power of the Holy Spirit. What kind of power? Two kinds of power. First of all, it's the power to live a victorious Christian life, a power to live, to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You know, in the past, if you want to love one another, it's very difficult. You know, it's not from your nature. It's just very difficult to love one another. But now, the Holy Spirit will remind you, hey, don't just look into your own interests. You need to look into other people's interests. When you obey, then you begin to bear the fruit of love. You see? You listen and obey. In the past, you depend on yourself. You cannot love. Now you listen and obey. You're bearing the fruit of love. 
Second power is the power to serve. You begin to serve according to your spiritual gift. In the past, you know, many times when you are serving, you do not see the result of your ministry. But now, it's different. Now the Holy Spirit reminds you, hey, you need to preach this message. You need to do that ministry. When you listen and obey, then you see the result of your ministry. Hallelujah. And you experience the power of God. To be filled by the Holy Spirit is to listen and obey. Then you experience the power. But this is not the revival I'm ta not talking about. The revival I'm talking about is the outpouring ministry of the Holy Spirit. Brothers, you need to understand the indwelling and the filling ministry of the Holy Spirit is different from the outpouring. Because the indwelling and filling the Holy Spirit is something you can receive through your obedience. As long as you obey, you will receive. But outpouring is not. Outpouring is totally the sovereign work of God. Throughout the church history, God chose to manifest himself, manifest his power in his own way, in his own time. Just like in the day of Pentecost, and the scripture said that day when the disciples gathered together, suddenly, <laughs> he said, suddenly, it's in God's time, isn't it? Suddenly, there's a sound of massive wind is coming. You can see the, hear the sound. Something is happening, and the spirit filled the whole house. We can see that the, during the Pentecost, God outpouring his spirit upon his people. And maybe you say, oh, pastor, because it's a Pentecost. No, 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 no. Throughout the church history, God never stopped his work of revival. In 16th century, there's a great reformation of Martin Luther. In 18th century, in England, we have the John Wesley. In United States, we have Jonathan Edward. In 20th century, we have a suicide revival. We have also the great revival in Argentina. God never stopped his work of revival. In fact, in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, Acts chapter 2, verse 17, God said, in the last days, I will pull my spirit upon all flesh. In the last days, what is the last days? Hey, now is the last day, isn't it? Can you find any other time better described as the last day as now? <laughs> now you can feel it is the last days. In the last day, God said, I'll pull my spirit upon all flesh. Who are the all flesh? You and me, isn't it? In other words, until now, God still desire to pull down his spirit upon all his believers. Hallelujah. This is the revival work of God. God is so willing 
That's why we need the longing. We need to cry out for his revival. Secondly, what is a revival? Revival is the manifestation of God's presence and power. Revival is the manifestation of God's presence and power. What would happen when revival comes? In Acts chapter 2, during the day of Pentecost, we can see that in that day, two things happen. First of all, the Holy Spirit come as wind. Secondly, the Holy Spirit come as fire, isn't it? Two things happen. What does it mean? Number one, it means God will manifest his presence. God will manifest his presence because the Holy Spirit come as wind. What is wind? Wind is something uh, you cannot see, isn't it? But you can feel it. Something you cannot see, but you can, even the breeze, you still can feel it. The same way, the presence of God is something you cannot see. You cannot say, oh, oh where is the presence of God? No, you cannot see, okay? No, you cannot see. But you can feel it, isn't it? You can feel the presence of God. You know, when the revival comes, people begin to sense the presence of God. Begin to feel the presence of God is no longer just an abstract concept. People can feel it. People know that God is here. Hallelujah, so powerful. You know, in the early day church, do you know why the early day church grows so fast? Let me tell you. It's not because the people or disciples or the apostle. It's not because the program. I believe the only reason is because the presence of God has been manifested. And in fact, the presence of God, you know, is so strong in the early day church. That's why in Acts chapter 5, there's a story about a couple named Ananias and Sapphira. You know, they just like everybody else, they sold their properties and they bring everything before Peter. And where they want to dedicate to the Lord, but, but except they keep a little bit for themselves. You know, in today's standard, this is absolutely nothing, is it, right? <laughs> we do it all the time, right? You know, we say, Lord, we surrender all to you, and we keep a little bit for ourselves. And they will always do that, you know, we always do that. It's nothing. But in early day church, the presence of God is so strong, God cannot even tolerate this a little bit sin and the night and Sapphira was struck down and died oh many times I thank God God did not do this too often isn't it <laughs> otherwise we're all dead but the point is in the early day church the reason the church grows so fast because people knows God is real People know God is here. Hallelujah. In 1906, when the revival come upon the South Street, the, the church history told us the revival come to a house. The house was number 312 in Azusa Street. Of course, 
that house has teared down already. But history told us that house was very simple house. In fact, just like a horse stable, very ordinary house. You will wonder why God allowed the revival come down to such a simple house. And maybe you thought, it's probably because they have a mighty preacher, isn't it? But no. Actually, at that time, God is using an African-American preacher called William Seymour. You know, in those days, the black preacher is not well received by the uh, society. And maybe you say, oh, maybe he's a powerful preaching. But actually, it's not. You know, history tells us most of the time, William Seymour, he, he didn't preach. Most of the time, he just leaning against the pulpit, just pray. And he began to wonder why. Why God allowed the, uh, the revival come down to a simple place. People come from all over the world to come to a, such a simple place. There's no beautiful building. There's no powerful preaching. There's no uh, even uh, exciting program. But let me tell you, only one reason, only one reason is because the presence of God is manifested. Hallelujah. When the presence of God manifests, you draw people to God. You know, recently, I read a book. It's talking about the revival happened in the Lewis Island in Scotland in 90, 1950. It's not too long ago, actually. It talked about how the revival has impacted the whole community. You know, it's, it's described when revival come, the presence of God fill the whole island. People, no matter where they are, whether they are home, they are on the road, they are outside, no matter where they are, people just, when they sense the presence of God, they all kneel down and cry out to God. People begin to confess their sin and they're seeking more of God. Even those people, they've never been to church before, never want to go to church, but the book said that somehow they were caught by God and kneel down and cry out to God. Wow. This is very difficult for us to imagine this, this, this scene, isn't it? You know, imagine that. You know, the presence of God has filled the whole island. It's not a single place. You know, I always thought that Holy, you know, the revival will come to a place, a gathering place. No, it's everywhere. You don't need to be gathering one place. They're not in one place. They're everywhere. But the presence of God touch each of them in their own corner. And this makes me think about our situation right now, isn't it? Right now, we're all sheltered in place. We cannot gather in the church. We're all separate in our own individual corner. But brothers, do you know that the presence of God never limited by the location? When the revival comes, God can touch each one of us in our own individual location. Hallelujah. In other words, it can happen now. 
Glory to God. You know, when I read this story, it's really make my heart in awe of God. In awe of God, we have a great and mighty God. In the past, I thought the revival has to happen in a place. But actually, our God is greater than I thought. When the presence of God manifests, it can be everywhere, every corner, even now in your own corner. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God will manifest his presence. Secondly, God will manifest his power. During the Pentecost, the Holy Spirit come as fire. It represents the power of God. When the revival come, God will confirm his word with the signs and wonders. This is exactly what happened in the great revival in Argentina. You know, the revival in Argentina actually began with the power of healing. At that time, God is using a California uh, evangelist called Tommy Hicks. When he received an invitation from Argentina church to go to Argentina to conduct an evangelistic crusade, he began to pray. And God told him to rent a stadium and radio station to preach the gospel. So he wrote a letter to the committee, said, hey, uh, we need to rent a stadium and radio station. And the committee replied to him, it's impossible. Because in our nation, the stadium and radio station belong to government. They do not allow us to do any religious thing. It's okay. Then he took the airplane, flying to Argentina. On the plane, he's praying. And God told him, when you arrive at Argentina, go to find a person named Peron. It's okay. Then he asked a flight attendant. He said, hey, do you know anybody named Peron Argentina? The flight attendant told him, hey, Peron is the president of the Argentina. Oh, he said, oh, praise the Lord. God will send the president to help me. So after he landed, he told the committee, God said, President Peron will help me to rent a stadium and radio station. And the committee said, no, it's impossible. President Perron is a prideful man. In fact, he doesn't like American that much either. But no, God told me so. So he took a translator. They walked to the, the presidential palace. When they approached it, and the guard saw their coming, pointed a gun at him. He said, what are you doing? He said, I come want to, want to see the President Perron. He said, Why? Because God sent me to preach the gospel and heal the sick. When God heard that God sent him to heal the sick, he said, are you saying that your God can heal? And he said, my God is a saving healer, healing savior, a healing savior. And God said, can he heal me? At that time, the God was suffering from the liver pain. So Tommy, he laid hand upon him and prayed for him. And immediately, the pain is gone. And the God said, you come back tomorrow, okay? Come back tomorrow. I'll make sure you can see the president. So next day, he came back again. 
And this time is different. This time, a whole line of people welcoming him in the front. When he arrived, they rushed him into the president's office. Then he realized the president has been suffering from a severe skin disease. His face is full of rash all over. He cannot go to the public at all. And the president asked him, I heard that your God can heal. And Tommy Hick said to the president, my God is a healing savior. He's a healing savior. And the president asked him, can he heal me? And Tommy Hick laid hand upon the president and immediately all the rash are gone. And his skin just white as baby. Wow, the president is so happy, joyful. Hallelujah. And the president said, is there anything I can do for you? And Tommy, he replied, president, I need to have the radio station and stadium to preach the gospel. And the president said, you can have all the stadium and all the radio station you want. Hallelujah. And that's how the revival of Argentina begins. Brother and sister, today, as we look at our situation, oh, we definitely need the power of God to be manifest, to stop the virus, to heal the sick, to break the power of darkness which has overwhelmed in our personal life, in our family, in our nation. We need to cry out for God's revival to come. Amen? Revival is a manifestation of God's presence and power which we definitely need it right now. Number three. Revival always begins with prayer. Revival always begins with prayer. Many times as we're facing this pandemic situation, we feel so helpless, isn't it? What can we do? But brother and sister, remember this. One thing you can do is to pray. To pray. Not just to pray, but Pray with faith. If you look at Hebrews chapter 11, when the author lists a whole list of the hero of faith, you can see every one of them, not only they pray, they pray with faith. By faith, they can see the invisible. By faith, they can do the impossible. As they pray, they achieve greater the thing, greater than they get thought. We can see the brother said today we definitely need to come before the Lord and cry out and pray. Just like in early day church. Remember in the early day church, when Jesus ascended into heaven, what did they do? They gather and pray. They pray in unity. They hold on to God's promise and cry out to God. And surely God answered their prayer and sent down the Holy Spirit upon his people. Hallelujah. Oh, brother said, today we need to pray. Pray with faith. If you look back, 
to the Azusa Revival. Let me tell you, Azusa Revival didn't happen, in a, it happened overnight. No. It began from a prayer meeting of two people. One is William Seymour himself. The other is co-worker Edward Lee. It started just with a prayer meeting of two people. And they gather and pray. And there are more and more and more and more people gather and gather and gather. And when they pray, they believe. They believe in a revival belongs to them. They believe in a Pentecost that belongs to them. They pray with faith. And they cry out to God. And out of their prayer meeting comes a Susa revival. Hallelujah. In 1950, and the revival come to Lewis Island. In fact, at that time, there's a young man called Donna. One night, he attended a meeting. During that meeting, the atmosphere was so dry. Have you ever attended that kind of meeting, you know, so dry? Even just, it seems like the meeting cannot go on any longer. And in the middle of the meeting, he stood up and cried out loud to God. He said, God, you are a God who keeps your promise. How could you not fulfill your promise? Didn't you promise that you're going to send water to the thirsty soul? Didn't you promise you're going to send stream to the dry land? Father God, I don't know about other people. I don't know about this pastor. What is this situation? But I know my heart, God. God, I want to tell you, I'm a thirsty man. I'm thirsty for your manifestation. I want your revival. And as he prayed, the earth began to shake. And from that time on, the whole island filled with God's presence and God's power. Brother today, if you ask me, can God send down his revival again? My answer is definitely yes. Yes, God can send down his revival again. As long as God can find someone who trusts him. As long as God can find a church that can trust him, trust his promise. As long as God can find someone he can trust. As long as God can find some church he can trust. As they gather together and pray together in unity, God will surely send down his revival. Hallelujah. Brothers today, is your heart hunger for revival? You know, the more 
I read about a story about the revival in the past, the more I hunger about the revival to come. And maybe you said, Pastor, we are sheltered in place right now. Yes, I know, I know. But the fact is, revival never comes in a convenient time, isn't it? Revival never comes in abundant time either. Revival always comes at the time it's most darkest, most lacking. But when the people of God cry out together and God send down his revival. In other words, there's no other time better than this time, better than now, to cry out for revival. Brother, sister, would you pray? Would you pray for revival to come? Come to English congregation? Come to Ignite congregation? Come to whole church? Come to this area? Come to this nation? Would you pray? Hallelujah. Let's pray together at this time. Brother and sister, I invite you to pray. Pray out loud together. Just this time, just hold on to God's promise and pray. Cry out to God. Or maybe you seldom pray out loud, but I encourage you right now to pray out loud, cry out to God, because we do need the revival. We need the revival from God. Oh, pray for yourself. Pray for your family. Pray for this nation. We need to confess that we need the revival from God. Oh, I, we, we need to come before we pray as the body of Christ. I encourage you to pray and pray out loud right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, once again I come before you Lord we confess that we are in lacking Lord we confess Lord we really need the revival we pray the Holy Spirit have mercy upon us as we cry out to you Lord we longing for your presence to be manifest we longing for your power to manifest have mercy upon us have mercy upon us just like that young man is crying out oh Lord you are the God who will fulfill your promise. Oh, you are the one who willing to send down your revival. And today we cry out to you. Have mercy upon your people. And we cry out to you, send down your revival so that your people can rejoice in you. Hallelujah. Thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Amen.